Indeed. Indeed. Welcome back, everyone, uh, to the Tory Says Show. That was Scorpions. And indeed, if you are true to yourself and you know where you stand, you get everything. So before we start, I think it's important to revisit some really old taxi episode, and then we'll kick it in. We'll talk about actual current events that no one's paying attention to, break down what happened, which, you know, I told you about months ago was going to happen, Uh, break down what they were looking for, figure out why it was done in the way it was done, and discuss radicalization with a little bit of an end of looking into, I don't know, book three of Paradise Lost. So we could go through a Yale lecture or just look at some video. Uh, I think it's going to be important for people to just remember that. And also understand the process of uh, algorithm confusion, programming, and radicalization. And it's very important what we're going to talk about today. So let's get with this amazing clip. Well, boss, I'm back from my vacation. You didn't happen to run into your brains while you were out there, did you? <laughs> no, but I wasn't really looking. <laughs> Well, I'll have a cab for you in a minute, Gulliver. Okay. What's all these cookies? They were baked by a guy I fired. Big <laughs> Ooh. They got a nice little surprise inside. What are you talking about? Well, I could be wrong. But I detect something in here that's a lot more powerful than oatmeal. What's in it? What's in it? Well, let's check this out here. (laughs) Coca leaves. Coca leaves? Uh Uh-huh. You mean the stuff that they make cocaine out of? Yeah. Yeah, from uh, South America. (laughs) Peru, I believe. Southern Peru. <laughs> 74 before the rains. <laughs> Poignant, but not overbearing. <laughs> Are you telling me that Laka is selling cookies with drugs in them? <laughs> Well, my duty as a citizen is clear cut. Jeff, get the police on the phone. What do these uh, coca leaves do to you? Well, if you chew them for a while, you get a feeling of euphoria, 
increased energy, strength, and stamina. It's also rumored to heighten your sexual desires. And it makes you see beauty in the most repulsive things. Did anyone ever tell you that you have the most adorable ear? Police on the phone, Louie. Tell them to mind their own business. Oh, when it benefits us, you know, we keep quiet a lot about a lot of things, as you can see. Uh, That was a very specifically picked clip, which will make sense later. Not today, at some point. Now, where do we start? (laughs) I can tell you guys about my trip to New York that was delayed. um, And my focus was... uh, Obviously, uh, the issues that we have with um, the Attorney General, Letitia. She was very courteous. She was uh, respectful. And she's doing her part in what is being attempted. Now, what is being attempted? Duh. Duh. The United States is the only nation currently standing. But today you're going to understand my issue with influencers and why I say this. It is how people are radicalized with talking points. I had a conversation with someone that I love so much family. And sorry, crying kitty. He's actually ill. When I was gone, he went to the vet. He's sick, so he's needy. But I had a conversation, so apologize for the cat sounds. I um, had a conversation with someone I love and, you know, his family. And during this conversation, I realized many things. And I believe that actually exhausted me, the um, view. Now, this is a view that I've expressed many times, how the left, you know, has these set points because of what they're being fed, right? And this is through the, you know, a fourth unelected branch of government where we have agencies, media, all working together, from unions to uh, consumer goods, consumer brands, and, and let me use air quotes, respected people. And I saw for the first time through their eyes something, and it made me really sad. Sad that there was this cognitive dissonance, but also sad that I missed one key thing. <laughs> Stressing how much we are Well, we, I should use very loosely. I should say my audience and myself and 
we're very different from the right. Having conversations with um, multiple political figures um, over these past few days, I made it clear to them I've, I've been clearly disowned by the right-wing media only because I am pointing out the issues that they are creating. And it is called radicalization and talking points. Because as I was trying to have a conversation with this person that I love, completely disagree on on a lot of things. Now, I see why we disagree, but I love. They tried to put me in the box of Republicans. And I said, uh, no, don't, don't put me in that box. Well, you have a platform and you're just talking, pointing. And I said, <laughs> no. At that point, you know, I mentioned, you know, Hunter Biden's laptop. And the response I got was, that's a conspiracy theory. Obviously, my, my daughter being a child and not gauging, she didn't come in to say, nope, mom does have it. I said, but I haven't. How is it a conspiracy theory? And I've been claiming how upset I am that everybody keeps talking about hookers and cocaine when they should be talking about executive communications during the 44th administration using private servers. What they should be talking about is backdoor deals and overthrowing governments on a private side. What they should be talking about is the dilution of American rights for personal profit. What they should be talking about are all those things, not hookers, crack, and cocaine. The crimes are crimes. You're not going to change them. But then there's crimes that are for national interest. Is it is it of national interest that they engage with children? Of course. But does it set the tone on our foreign policy? Yes, but not directly. What the people needed to know was what was being done huh, off the books off the books and for personal gain, personal power and deals that you are never to know of. And so I sat and thought and I felt sad. I actually felt really sad. One, how can this person that is highly educated say something like that's a conspiracy theory that comes back to the point that, um, you know, the mainstream media has done a fantastic job along with the agencies to push down talking points that aren't true, right? Because that's not true. I have the laptop, have the phone too. That's not true. But aside from misinformation, the mainstream media now has a good point that the right is radicalized. And I see this from the talking points. We, as a people, have allowed this high. And, and this is how they radicalize terrorists too. And that's a, it's a very fine line. It's the same thing. It's like love and hate. The line is very thin. When you're in love and when you hate, it's so close. This is why sometimes the best of friends are made of, of by those that hated each other at first, right? And so, unfortunately, I, with this raid, I saw 
insane talking points that made no sense. I mean, that loved one actually put me in the same box with Marjorie Taylor Greene. What? I think I'm a little bit more cultivated. I think I have a better grasp of what is going on. And it is a clear and perfect example to show the problems that we have within all politics. During my interview uh, with a local podcaster in Ohio for my run for Secretary of State, I made clear that the concern that I had was that they are pitting us against each other for, for decades, of course. But we are told how we should walk and talk, right, left, black, white, red, blue, and anyone that falls outside of those lines has no home. In the United States of America, our foundations were built by people that fell outside of two boxes. Going back to what Cash Patel said, he's reaching out to these platforms to rein people in, to tidy up their focus. It's clear, and he understands, that this is a, a, a very big threat. People that actually care about this nation, people that actually want to fix this nation, people that actually believe in liberty, in guns, in free choice, and everything, are being boxed into a corner through memes and careless statements. When I saw people saying things like defund the FBI, I was like, oh my gosh, this is defund the police, but on a national level. And this is really important. You laugh at the left about talking about defunding the police, yet you on the right want to defund the FBI. Now listen, the FBI the way it is, and I've said this many times before, has unfortunately been classified as somewhat of an intelligence agency when it's not. Their job was to assist multi-state investigations, meaning they are the center of that investigation for all the other states, but also they assist in policing cases, criminals, domestic terrorists that may have influences from outside our borders. Their particular I would say job description has been skewed because most people in high positions of the FBI are not FBI. I urge you to reread articles I had written through big league politics and even on my own uh, page, torysays.com, where I talk about how Strzok is not FBI, he's actually CIA. 
And a lot of these people are a lot of these politicians you see that talk and say beautiful things all have at some point received challenge coins from the agency because everyone is tapped by the other side of the river. Now, do we throw the baby out with the bathwater? No. See, President Trump received a lot of flack from the mainstream media for going after the FBI, rightfully so, I might add. But the difference between his advisors and the advisors of the White House is that they made no mention of it. And President Trump's advisors made mention of it. Now, you're going to say, Tori, we need to correct. I want you to see how now they're putting you in the lefty box that was created with transparency and how they're doing it without transparency. We need transparency. We need openness. We need proper, proper reporting. We need accountable reporting, not games. And right now, everyone thinks this is a game in a fucking cornfield with a nail gun. Get out of here. You know, that is the first term I thought of, and I lost my mind. Obviously, Ohio, like I told you, it would be. Epicenter for it all is right here. Not happenstance to be located in that position right now. Guy goes to the FBI and threatens them with a nail gun, then goes on a chase and ends up in a cornfield. Children of the corn. Remember, I've made that reference. But it was bizarre because it came at the heels of this. It could have been something not related to whatever. Uh, apparently, uh, the person was on Truth Social and posted. Who knows if that's true or not. But then that also allows the FBI to request what? Data from Truth Social. There you go. And this is how it begins. Why? Because we have memers and extremists that put out talking points like MTG. We don't need to defund the FBI. We need it to do its job the way it was intended to and fix it. This is how we're all helping put ourselves in boxes. In the meantime, in the meantime, I already knew before I was in the middle. Okay, get this. Monday afternoon, I was having discussions with someone I simply adore, a genius, uh, smart, you know, and a very, very good friend of our president's. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm so upset that I wasn't here earlier because I needed to get <clears throat> more information on what's going on in New York. Because that is my hometown, right? I say, you know, I, I, I communicated with a lot of people and I don't make it, you know, a secret, even to Bannon back in July, that they've stepped up the lo- timeline and they're going to indict him. And this is very important. But I rest assured, I mean, if any raid goes, uh, it should be uh, important that this is how we introduce evidence into things um, under the guise of whatever. Because sometimes investigations and raids from the FBI pan out to nothing. I mean, I can point to a lot of celebrities that have been raided and then in the end, they never hear about it again. They come for one thing and they just disappear. I mean, I think OJ 
came out and said the same thing. His house was raided. They took a bunch of computers and stuff. And then nothing came out of it. Nothing happened. And someone should question why. Sometimes they don't come for the person they're looking for, but because of something else. Regardless. Regardless. I believe that whoever in the past three weeks, well, past three weeks as of Thursday last week, because that's when it was done. And I believe that they were under the impression uh, that um, things were at Mar-a-Lago when they weren't. Or people. So I'm actually glad that the president was, you know, with us in New York and safe. Not because they were going to arrest him. They only came to get things, very specific things that they were told were there. So then the question lies on who is the rat? And I was having these discussions before it became public or known to anyone really, that this was going on. So here we are in the afternoon having this conversation and the same response was, well, I don't think they're going to be that. (laughs) No, 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 no. He met with people, you know, we need a list of who he met with and we need to see who it is. The 302 is going to tell us anyway. And the 302 is when an FBI special agent sits down and takes testimony from first person witness. And so, you know, I um, had discussion. A lot of people say they meet with President Trump. I'm going to tell you this. They don't. They're lying. Okay? They're lying. A lot of people that say they meet with our president are lying. I can't stress it to you enough. Lying. Lying. Right? Lying. Because they want to look like they're important. They want to feel like they're important. And then there's other people that say things like that they, you know, oh, I'm always on the phone and I reached out to the, you didn't reach out to shit. Shut up. Now, that's all misdirection and BS. The bottom line is there's a 302 there. That's all we need. The 302 is where they sit down and the interviewing FBI agent gets testimony firsthand from someone that could have said, I don't know, uh, you know, maybe there's this or that, or I saw this and they didn't even know what they were looking at. Right. And they just say, oh, you know, because when you don't know what you're looking at, someone might be like, you know, oh my gosh, that's like huge. And it's like a nothing burger. So the question is, where's that 302? That's all we need. We just need to know who and how they were first person to say these things. Could it be that this first person is like an Eric Ciaramella thing? I heard from a friend of a friend of a friend that's the fifth cousin of this person that walks their dog and they buy boba tea from them. You know, is it one of those Eric Ciaramella moments where they just put someone up? Who knows? You don't, right? So you just go with it. The problem that I have right now are the narratives that are coming out indicating and pretty much validating everything I've said about 
this problem we have with influencers. Because exactly that, they're an influence operation. They're trying to influence your view and people are tired of it. People now look at the right movement with the memes and the stupid videos and the stupid talking points that they just keep regurgitating as tiresome. And this is coming from very high level conservatives. It's not funny anymore. And this is not where we should be. This is a serious issue. What is what is perspiring right now? And it's coming out of every single pore. It's garbage. We need to remain focused and grounded. We need to be a little bit more astute. We need to be a little bit more firm in what is being said. Because the way it's being done is Trump's a big baby because, you know, he didn't win this, uh, the elections. This is the narrative. He did this because he was upset. Narrative. And this is coming from people that have been seen with President Trump very recently on cameras. This is what they say behind closed doors. I really like the guy, but you know what? He's just to this. I really like the guy, but you know, he put his family in office, which I, as you know, said, I didn't like that either. See, we need to rein this in as a people and step away from the talking points, step away from the, oh my gosh, did it, you know, step away from the MTG influence operation hits and focus on what is really important. The really important thing is, is that uh, this faux administration handled this with such class, no matter how much you want to hate them. And you know, they knew everything about it. They knew everything about it, but they were a lot more classier in executing it. You got to give them props for that. A lot more classier. You can hate what they did. You can loathe their backdoor deals, but they were classy AF. They did this and you had no idea. So these talking points need to be reined in. These, you know, uh, you know, raw, raw need to be reined in. And then, and this is probably why, you know, and I, and I made mention that I'm being disowned by the right because I don't play the stupid games. Oh, everybody enjoys a lovely meme because memes are based on reality and we like to lighten the mood and show the idiocracy of it. But when it becomes your voice and, 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 and your thoughts, then you sound nothing different than the left. The only thing is you're saying the opposite things. Opposite things. So we're at a point where previous president was rated and, and I'm okay with that. That sets precedent. And I like the way they talk about the 30 million documents, you know, that finally someone's talking about it. I've been talking about it for years, but because it wasn't meme friendly or it wasn't important to the influence operations that were being conducted because all of them seem to be Praetorian protecting someone. Now, I, I, I simply adore President Trump. 
I am as loyal to him as I am to anyone who is loyal back to me. 100%. But I don't, I'm not his spokesperson. I'm not his cheerleader. I admire that he got into this fight because he didn't need to eat. He came to serve, right? And he represents every American that wished that, well, he represents every idea we've had, every thought we've had, every thing we would have loved to say. But unfortunately, he's surrounded by people that are good, bad, and in the middle. And just because you're good, bad, or in the middle doesn't mean that you're effective, Effective people understand when you need to rein in the bullshit. Effective people need are able to see things way ahead of the game and don't just react. Reactive responses are usually the ones that lose. You must be proactive. So, you know, while many people whisper sweet nothings in President Trump's ears, just so they, they can get a picture of him or get him on there on air or get, you know, a hit on TV and be like, oh, I got President Trump. No, right. They're the first ones to bury him in private conversations over a glass of whiskey over dinner. And for me, you know, a lot of people seem to think that, you know, my persona, as they claim online is uh, me all together or that, you know, I don't know how to articulate my thoughts or I don't understand the gravity of the situation. And I came across a couple of people that I met with who are very dominant on the mainstream media who said, I didn't expect to have a conversation like this with you. I was like, why? Because you sound a little bit more pedestrian, okay? I sound pedestrian because I'm not talking to one person. I'm talking to millions of people. Most of them have English as a second language, and they get it. They're all on the same page that I am. They just don't use fancy words. It's like when you go to the doctor. You're not going to sit there and have him reiterate to you in doctor terms because you don't speak doctor. He's going to dumb it down. Your foot hurts. So it was quite shocking to see the interaction between these people and, you know, what they had to say. And hopefully they understood where the problem is. See, almost everyone expects all the people of the United States to either be on their level of understanding legalese, foreign policy, domestic policy, uh, you know, uh, the politics of federal and state agencies. The They don't. People do not have that knowledge because they are not afforded that. I have that opportunity myself to have learned it from actually traveling to all these nations, from interacting with all these individuals and basically from watching them. Yet I do myself have a self-realized hindrance. I am 
the most socially awkward person there is. I say this because I know it's true. I've lived the majority of my life obfuscating and fabricating every portion of me because of my work. So, you know, now that I can talk, I I don't even know what I want to say first. I don't even know how to articulate it. It's like, could you imagine if you had a gag in your mouth all these years? Or the, you know, or like me, fabricated almost everything all these years. And suddenly everyone's like, yep, you know, no more gag. Hey, you could say whatever you want. You're okay now. And you're just like, uh, 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 what do I do first? I know I have that, you know, comes off a little bit of Ashbergy-ish. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Because it's really hard to be me when all these years I have been not me. But I also understand that if I'm struggling with this, imagine what the people around the world are struggling with. They're supposed to see through all this fabricated nonsense that affects every aspect of their life clearly now. Now when it's the most muddied time in society. Now, when almost everything you see is either fabricated in one light or another, is it red or blue? What do you mean in the middle? There's no such thing. What? And that's difficult. You know, when I bring up my personal experiences, because I have, what is it? What is the the going phrase? I, I speak from that point of personal privilege. Right. And I, and I can relate to it. So that way I can explain it. And I also understand the gravity of the situation, which hurts me beyond anything you can imagine. The sorrow that I feel when I hear people say things or tweet things or truth things or post things, it it makes me sad. It really makes me sad. How big of a struggle it is. And in one conversation, I said, you know, The bottom line is, if all these people with their platforms, you know, this was said to me, with your platform, you should not use talking points. And, and, you know, I self-reflect sometimes. I listen to people that are far gone to the left, some people that are struggling with the cognitive dissonance. I love feedback. I embrace feedback. That's how we get better. I don't get insulted if someone says something. But, you know, what I realized is that if they actually came to the same page and showed them what it is the real battle is over, right? What they're really fighting for right now within our borders and say, okay, listen, everything is really confusing right now, people of America, but here's where you need to focus. Something that we've been talking about since the elections of 2020 which is to focus on your local communities, focus on your counties, take the nation back county by county. Could you imagine if all those memers and complainers and videographers and stumpers and one-liners all empowered the people and said, listen, it's really complicated to explain how big this is. And just like they say, stop, drop and roll in a fire because the smoke goes up. Well, why don't you go down? down to the base of the foundation of our nation, which is down to your county. Then 
things will get better. And I believe that those messages kind of resonated over this week. And see, I am so proud at so many people that are, that are my listeners that have um, pushed forward to do this, to actually get it done. You know, I had um, listened to a lecture. Ooh, this was like maybe, I'm going to look to see if Harvard actually put it online. But um, it was a lecture of how to uneducate or not uneducate. Um, it's like when they were talking, what they were talking about were people that were brainwashed, uh, you know, by um, extremist rhetoric. And the way they did it was by interacting with them with painting and coloring and teaching them different things within a period of span of one to three hours daily. So they would talk about various topics that would uh, they uh, that they would find of interest or not, but in a way that you know a topic they talked about I guess in January um, and just lightly touched upon it uh, resurfaced in like May and their brain was able to connect that new neural pathways were starting to be created, which allowed them to deprogram and. <laughs> It's a very hard job and it's such a tight thing because sometimes even the instructor gets frustrated. And I remember listening to that. All of us have been trained or educated. The school systems have revamped from a more industrialized come in, get out to a more relaxed to a more new normal. You know what my daughter's yearbook for her high school for 2021 to 2022 is? It's called the new normal. And it has masked kids. Are you kidding me? We need to be the... <laughs> we need to sink. We need hemi-sink. And why I, we need the right and the left to talk to each other. We need everyone to come on the same page. And the only way we come to the same page if we have these, these really difficult and uncomfortable discussions. Because the fourth unelected branch of government is a very well-oiled machine that has been in place for a very, very long time that has molded and crafted uh, the citizens of the United States into either obedient or disobedient members. The obedient ones question nothing. The disobedient ones question everything to a fault. Now, let's, let's see what the news are telling us, just so you understand how much we're missing. So, first things first, so we kind of, you know, see how much is happening, right? Oh, <laughs> the National Archives says, was looking into reports that Secret Service deleted texts, NARA. Now, we talked about NARA months ago where I told you that they were getting privatized and wanted comments from the public, if you remember correctly. NARA, which everyone's like, so the archiving authorities are the ones that prompted this? NARA, the privatization, remember? Privatizing, we talked about it and how unthinkable it is that they're writing history like this. These are all news that nobody wants to talk about. You know, no one wants to talk about how George Soros donated a million dollars to Texas governor candidate Beto O'Rourke. How does he get to fund that much? 
Isn't there a problem? Why is no Soros or big corporation donating to mine from overseas? But they're getting it and it's okay. But if I get it, it's a problem. Not saying that I want it. Another thing with OnlyFans, everyone's laughing about it, but it's a very important situation. And I'll tell you what the important situation is that you're overseeing while you're laughing about it, that they're targeting porn stars. And I'm not saying you directly. I'm saying in general, the public, not talking to my audience. But there's something called the Global Internet Forum to Counter Terrorism. Apparently, Facebook is in charge of that. And they can put people on terrorist watch list. That is a big deal, considering that <laughs> this story, while you may think it's, think it's because OnlyFans wanted to maintain their porn content and not allowing those porn stars to go to other sites, they had Facebook put them on terror watch lists so they're not able to go to alternative platforms. Again, the Global Internet Forum to Counter Terrorism. They can label you as a terrorist because they want to and without justifying it. So instead of laughing at the porn stars and meta, you know what we should be doing? We should be writing letters to our senators and congresspeople and say, we want to see this damn list. Am I on that list? Is my child on that list? Who are these people deeming that someone is a terrorist? If they are able to be bribed by other companies to put them on terror watch lists so they can't go and compete and do content on other platforms so OnlyFans loses money, this is a big deal. But instead, we're talking about things that we can't affect change on. Are you going to change how the DOJ does its job right now? No. Are you going to change the fact that he was raided? No. Are you going to change the fact of what they're collecting or if they planted or whatnot? No. That doesn't affect you and your family right now. What's affecting you is the Global Internet Forum for Counterterrorism. Again, think about it. OnlyFans bribed Meta to place these porn stars, right, on this list so that they can't compete, meaning so that they can't go to other porn channels and do porn and get money from them and that their content should only be on OnlyFans because they want a monopoly. So see how they work. The truth is out there. You're not paying attention, but they just posture porn stars, which are making a killing, actually. Right. And good for them. I mean, if they like to have sex with like a bunch of people and put their vajayjays out there, whatever, it's, it's them. It's their bodies. I'm not going to tell them what to do. Right. But again, they put porn stars and you're going to dismiss it. Ah, shut up. You're just showing your butthole on OnlyFans. Uh, did you read what happened? One company, OnlyFans, told the other company, Meta, put them on a terrorist watch list so they can't go to other companies and, you know, go to just for fans or um, what are the, what are the other accounts? So uh, they, they went and did stuff on other company uh, sites. Uh, so OnlyFans is the one that actually paid Meta to put 20,000 creators, right? On a terrorist watch list. 
because they were somewhere else on the internet producing content. It's like me streaming to all these channels. Let's pretend, you know, I was streaming on OnlyFans and OnlyFans like, damn, Tori has a lot of users and she's going to bring a lot of people to my platform. She needs to stop, you know, uh, airing on Facebook and, and Twitter and Twitch. We need to ban her from there so she can give us her audience and money because everybody likes looking at Tori's butthole, right? So we need to stop it. So don't allow them to do stuff on Instagram or anything. You need to do this. So this came in when they figured out that they were put on the global internet forum to counter terrorism. Who is overseeing this? Who created this? And why do we have private companies deeming who is a domestic or global terrorist? This is the problem. The thing that I have talked about for a very long time, even wrote out a kind of, a, you know, outline. We need the internet bill of rights. This is the key of this OnlyFans thing that nobody is talking about because it has to do with porn stars. So apparently companies like Facebook, Snapchat, YouTube, they delete people who are on this list. And it goes by color, you know, how radical it is. Or, hey, this video went viral. You need to knock them. Just like your, do you know that the the flag thing that all the states did that I uploaded, it came back being called misinformation and dangerous misinformation. And they removed that from YouTube and banned me from live streaming for seven days. So I got to chill out with what I put on YouTube until that goes away. So that way I can then start doing content on there again, because this is how it works. This is why I'm surviving the YouTube thing. So again, could you imagine if Rumble's like, whoa, you know, Tori has, you know, four to 5,000 live people on all the time. We don't want her going somewhere else and doing this. We need to get her banned on everything in. So that's a really, really important thing that no one is really talking about. That people can actually pay to put you on this watch list. People can pay to put you on this watch list. And remember, the porn stars, they make a lot of money. A lot of money. Because there's a lot of people. You know what my daughter said that was really funny? Uh, where were we? She wanted to go into Louis Vuitton. And we were going there. And she wanted to try on heels. We didn't buy any. Like, uh, I mean, I think the shoes are getting uglier with time. And anyway, she was trying stuff on. And she had her feet out. And she was like, damn, I'm like showing everyone my toes when I could put it on OnlyFans and make a banging buck. And I'm thinking, wow, she's so right. If she shows her toes off to the public, right, I, you know, you know, she can make money from someone just watching her walk around barefoot. They do stuff like that. There's people that have like these twisted, you know, fantasies. So, you know, I thought of that. I, 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 I thought of that when she said it and I was like, damn, you know, that's really sad. And I was like, what are you talking about? She goes, yeah, mom, you know, they, there's people that will do that even on Snapchat and these other, what is it? Live me and all these other platforms, people put their feet out and stuff like that. And, and they make a lot of money. I was like, wow, damn. So all of you out there with nice toes, open up an account and just start walking around barefoot and say pretty toes. And people will pay you just to watch your feet. They will literally pay you to watch your feet. I, I didn't believe that. Um, but anyway, 
the, the point of the matter here is, is that while we're being distracted with things that we cannot control, I'm not saying that we shouldn't be a part of the conversation. And boy, do not misconstrue this as, you know, what they're doing to President Trump right now isn't of importance. It is of grave importance. But what you should also be looking at is you. I mean, I'm saying this to you and I don't even look after myself. Okay. Um, I am uh, under so much attack by even, even my own listener base sometimes that, you know, I just, I'm so distracted with so many things, putting out fires that are coming my way. And I'm here giving you advice that I don't do. I mean, I'm just one person. So whatever. But this is something blacklisting people to be on that list is a big deal. So here's my idea. Here's my proposal. Here's my proposal. My proposal is, is that um, once I, at the end of this month, after I come back from the summit, um, I want us to kind of uh, all together, uh, maybe all of us can in the background kind of look for a good class action attorney. And I will put my name on it, just like I'm sure a lot of you would too. We need to get this global internet form of counterterrorism list. And we need to sue like our life depends on it because it does. This is one of the most important things going forward. It is very important that we get this. Class action suits are very effective and this is the one that we need to focus on. And I know a lot of these influencers may take this and then claim that it's their own at some point. Um, but once I'm back from the summit, uh, all of us, I want us to find someone that's a old guy, attorney, class action that would take this because this is very important. The global Internet Forum to Counterterrorism is coming for each and every one of you. They have classified and profiled your child. They have taken all your artificial intelligence co- collected information on social media, and they have scored you. This is how the social credit score happens. So this is like on the most extreme, which is where they share a list, and they're like, hey, you need to ban these people. So I believe that since this class action suit would be very effective, we all need to start looking locally and find someone and explain, this is what we want to target. We want to tor- target the global internet forum counterterrorism because if they're, don't talk about porn stars, talk about you. You are on that list too. Every single handle that you have is on that list too. Every single person that you probably listen to is on that list too. Every single content creator that you follow is on that list too. Your child is on that list too. This is why if anybody actually looks at my YouTube channel to see what I follow, you'd be like, damn, she's schizophrenic. I follow everything. Why? It confuses the algorithm and it can't predict anything for me. That's why I follow random things. It's a confuse, the the algorithm can't, can't profile me correctly. This is why I'm surviving on YouTube too, just so you know. So, uh, you know, when, when we talk about uh, digital camouflage, you need to understand how an algorithm works. On TikTok, I follow what I like. Oh, no, they check your device. No shit. Everybody and their mother checks your device. You think the Chinese are just doing it? You think your, 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 your government's not doing it? Pegasus, the only reason people acknowledge the existence of Pegasus was because Apple you know, issued that patch. If you actually look at the patches they do, that was a patch for Pegasus. Okay. 
So if people actually paid attention to understand what digital camouflage is, it's not pretending to be someone else. It's being you, but understanding how the algorithms can knock you out. So this is uh, one thing that we should do. People are being put on lists and we need to target that. We need to see this list. We need to be able to debate this list. Could you imagine you're on a list and you can't even advocate for yourself? And this list has the power to eliminate you from social media. This is a big deal. This is a very big deal. And anyone not talking about it obviously has no idea the gravity of the situation. Moving along, though, considering Abe was assassinated, the new prime minister, Kishida, and you know Tedros decided that there will be a World Health organization affiliate in Japan, a new one. Believe that or not. So now there's a new Japanese-based affiliate of the WHO. Hmm. Sounds interesting. So they take him out and they get this done. A new WHO affiliate in Japan. I see. And while many of you, I just wanted to put a parenthesis because I know that my uh, show is delayed on the, on the comments, but anyone saying, oh, they could just kick me off. It's no big deal. You won't be able to eat. You won't be able to have money. You won't be able to work. And if you're on the list, so's your kid because they're related to you. Now think about that again. This is where we need to fight. Hmm? Now. Moving along to other news that you don't know about. Did you know that in Texas, they're actually genetically engineering through DNA to recreate woolly mammoths? Hmm? That's interesting. Why are they bringing back woolly mammoths? Get the excuse on this one. Well, we believe that if woolly mammoths are in the Arctic, they're so heavy that they will actually hold, you know, compress the ice enough so that way we could keep the carbon inside. And they believe that if we kill them for food, they'll taste like pork. So this is happening too. While, while all of us are watching things we can't control, we're not watching things that are happening in the background. You'll be like, that, that was random. Yeah, totally is. Kind of like liquefying human remains or creating machines that could pick up dead humans for the street on conveyor belts. Why would we need those laws and those, those things? Because I don't know, just whatever. Let's focus on, on stuff we can't fix right now. In other news, just like COVID was under the radar in the fall of 2019, here's something else that's kind of falling under the radar, which is a new, potentially fatal, new virus that passes from humans to shrews. And speaking of shrews, which are vermin for me, I'm going to tell you one thing I realized in New York City that I had, that, that startled me. See, having been born and raised there, and that's my hometown, right? New York City always had rats, always had roaches. And they were actually really tiny ones in buildings. No matter how high class your building is, no matter how much money you pay, you're going to have roaches. You know what the weird thing is? Is that the rats and the roaches don't hide anymore. They're out in daylight. The rats are literally outside in daylight, walking around on the street like they don't care. Now, that is huge. Why would they be on the surface not caring? Everywhere. 
everywhere. Like when I was walking in New York in between meetings and, you know, going here, going there, I would watch where I would stand to have a cigarette because roaches will literally climb on you. That's a big deal. So having said that, now the new virus is shrews, right? It's the Langia uh, Hiapa virus. And apparently it's going from the shrews to humans. Okay. Keep that in mind. Let that percolate for a bit. There's so much going on. You know, Sweden decided that they're going to extradite someone to Turkey, uh, you know, that was wanted by the Turks for fraud. He was like a dissonant of Erdogan's. So they're appeasing Erdogan by giving him someone, handing him over, even though they don't have a real agreement in extradition. They're overriding their own laws and they're sending him there uh, in wake of the NATO deal. Not like they're exchanging. Then we have this uh, athlete who you know, pretty much hates America and Russia who was doing drugs and she's on trial and she's there. And, you know, she hates America, hates freedom. Now she's getting taste of communism, right? And this is where we need to leave her. Because sometimes when people shit all over what they had, they don't realize what they had until it's gone. So let her stay there. We're getting a lot of extraditions happening back and forth. A lot of deals being made. Sweden had no extradition agreement with Turkey, but now suddenly they're going to hand over this man to Turkey for this NATO deal. (laughs) See how that works? See how that works? So Turkey said, you want to apply for NATO membership, Sweden? All right. You need to send me these people that are hiding in Sweden. I want them all. Part of the deal that they had with Sweden was to extradite these people. And they are doing it. It's a Turkish citizen convicted of fraud, apparently, in Turkey in 2013 and 2016. So now they're going to extradite him to Turkey. Why would they go after, listen to this, think about this. Do you believe this? Do you believe that a whole nation of Turkey would demand that Sweden release a white collar loser criminal that was indicted of banking fraud, like credit card fraud, like the stuff that Ali Akbar did and hold that as leverage to get them into NATO. Get out of here. Get out of here. Basically he's claiming that he's being wrongfully sentenced because he converted to Christianity and refused to do military service. And because he's Kurdish. I hope you guys are paying attention to what's really going on. So this leader is claiming bank fraud. So I guess the guy never had bank fraud because now we know the guy is Kurdish. He converted to Christianity and didn't want to do his, his, uh, his, um, enforced military obligation because he doesn't want to. So because he wants to be Christian and he's Kurdish, he ran away. So they said they got him on bank fraud. Guarantee you those credit card frauds are probably back chargers or something stupid like that. Yet think about it. Erdogan is demanding Sweden hand him over for him to allow them to enter NATO. Doesn't sound like small potatoes, right? Doesn't sound like the small potatoes they're telling us it is are true. You see, you see how dumb they think people are. You would believe that a whole nation would say, well, I'll let you apply to be in NATO if you turn in this guy who, you know, overcharged his credit card and 
2013 and we find him. And then he overcharged it in 2016 and we find him and he's hiding in your nation. Why would a turkey have Sweden's future based on just a, a loser criminal for nothing? Oh, that's right. Because he's Kurdish and converted to Christian. That means he is part of the anti-Erdogan movement and they're not telling you that. So here's where they're making deals. Interesting. Very interesting. Also interesting is that North Korea declared victory against pandemic, citing a COVID miracle. Yes. Kim Jong-un declared victory against the battle of coronavirus, ordering lifting of maximum anti-epidemic measures that he had imposed. He said, we're all fine. We didn't have a lot of infections, but he hasn't confirmed how many they had. And that's it. And there's no vaccines or anything done. We don't need anything. We have declared victory. And not only that, just so you know, and this was an interesting tidbit. Kim Jong-un's sister, right, Kim Yo-jong, said that Kim Jong-un himself had fever symptoms and he blamed leaflets from South Korea causing the outbreak. Wait, 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 wait. Are you saying that he's blaming propaganda for the outbreak of COVID-19? Shall I restate that? Kim Yo-jong, the sister of Kim Jong-un, said, the North Korean leader himself had suffered suffered from fever symptoms and blamed leaflets from South Korea for causing the outbreak. You see, propaganda printed paper, I mean, huh? so weird, isn't it? So weird. And, it, and it's been inferred that he's had it. Okay. Now, there has been some interesting stuff going about. So the Atlantic, which, you know, is obviously one of those think tank papers, um, had a, an article that they put up talking about stop the steal. I want to read out some of these portions carefully. Starting in 2008, a widely circulated conspiracy theory was that Barack Obama was not actually born in America. Strivers on the political right scourged around trying to produce a Kenyan birth certificate for him. They filed state and federal legal complaints alleging that Obama was not eligible to be president. But proof of this theory was never a requirement for subscribing to it. You could simply choose to believe that a black liberal with a Muslim-sounding middle name was not one of us. And at several points during Obama's presidency, almost a quarter of American, a million of Americans did. Almost a quarter of Americans did. Sorry. Now, number one, you're not going to have that because he's a Petri dish boy. He was assigned to Stanley and Dottenham. He was never born in Hawaii. His dad is not really his dad. There was a surrogate. This, these are all facts. So done. I mean, you can ask. I mean, I'm pretty sure that Brennan has some of those documents because he was assigned to groom him going in a senator and while he was senator, right? He was supposed, he was like his Valerie Jarrett. He was the beginning. Valerie Jarrett. Now, it's really weird that they're bringing up conspiracy theories of birthing theories coming to the front where people have had the same questions and it's come from the same side, which is the weird Tea Party, the things that Ali Abdul Razak Akbar is part of. Remember, he's the one that said Kamala's not an American. I want you to pay attention to patterns because this is how it goes. Now, furthermore, 
The country has not changed much. Therese Kapal, a Harvard sociologist and political scientist who has studied the Tea Party movement and right-wing grievances of the Obama years, draws a straight line from that era to today's Stop the Steal efforts. I talked to Skapal on Wednesday morning about the connection and the roots of resentment in America. Now is then you can take the right scramble for evidence of fraud with a grain of salt. The election deniers who say they are protruded by late night ballot dubs or dead people voting are actually concerned with something else. Stop the steal is a metaphor. A metaphor for the country being taken away from the people who think they should be rightfully setting the tone. More than a decade later, evidence remains secondary when what you're doing is questioning whose vote counts and who counts as an American. Now, that was the interview. So let me read it to you. So Godfrey says, tell me what connection you see between the Tea Party movement that you studied and the Trump-inspired Stop the Steal effort. It wasn't Trump-inspired, right? It was Roger Stone-inspired. It was McCain-inspired. It was the same damn Tea Party, same damn players. There's a lawsuit in Ohio from 2016 suing Stop the Steal. Let's be paying attention correctly. Ali Akbar is not the founder of Stop the Steal. There's a damn lawsuit in Ohio suing Stop the Steal. Okay, next, next. There's a definite line. Opinion polls tell us that people who participated in or sympathized with the Tea Party, some groups are still meeting with disproportionately angry about immigration and the loss of America as they know it. They became core supporters of Trump. I'm quite certain that some organizations that were Tea Party labeled helped organize the Stop the Seal stuff. Trump has expanded the appeal of an angry, resentful, ethno-nationalist politics uh, to younger whites. But that's the same outlook. So he asks, so how do you interpret the broader Stop the Steal movement? I don't think Stop the Steal is about ballots at all. I don't believe a lot of people really think that the votes weren't counted correctly in 2020. Uh -uh, Wrong. They believe that urban people, metropolitan people, disproportionately young and minorities, to be sure, but frankly, liberal whites, are illegitimate brew that's changing America in unrecognizable ways and taking it away from them. Stop the Steal is the way of saying that. Stop the Steal is a metaphor. And remember, they declared voting fraud before the election. Listen carefully. A metaphor? Yeah, it's a metaphor for the country being taken away from the people who think they should rightfully be setting the tone. Doug Mastriano said it in so many words. It's a Christian country. That doesn't mean we'll throw out everybody else, but they've got to accept that we're the ones setting the tone. That's what Hungary has in mind. Victor Orban has been doing, uh, has been going a little further with it. They're more muscular and violence prone version of the same thing. People in 2016 who were otherwise quite normal would say, there's something wrong with these votes for Milwaukee and Madison. I'd push back ever so gently and say, those are big places. It takes a while to count the votes. I'd get a glassy-eyed stare at that point. No, something fishy is going on. They feel disconnected from and dominated by people who have done something horrible to the country. And Trump gave a voice to that. He's a perfect resonant instrument for that because he's a bundle of narcissistic res- resentments, but no longer necessary. Pay attention to what I'm telling you now. The left is sounding, and listen, all of you know exactly what Stop the Steal is. Well, some of you do. You actually um, don't see that the people that threw the left off the cliff are also throwing the right off the cliff. So you got to ask yourself, who are they really fighting for? 
because this is how they build the narrative. They sound logical, right? That sounded kind of logical, right? Because, you know, it wouldn't be a glossy eyed. It would be like, well, why are we having a problem counting the votes now? And we didn't have a problem 10 years ago. And why are we using technology when we don't need efficiency? We need accuracy. And why are things classified in a, in a process that's supposed to be clearly transparent? Those are the way you respond to statements like this, because when they speak like that and you speak like, stop the steal, uh, Trump won, they, you just look crazy, right? You just look crazy. We know Trump won. We know it. And while you think that they're, they've got the upper hand in the narrative because the influencers had make you look crazy. You need to be, I know my audience is very educated. They would know exactly how to respond. They wouldn't come out and say America and, and show a meme. They would say, actually, I disagree. I disagree because the process isn't transparent. This process is supposed to be open to everyone, yet there's so many rules. Why is the DHS involved? Why are we using electronic voting machines? Oh, it's to be efficient. Why do we need efficiency? It's supposed to be accurate. Maybe some things don't need to be put on the internet or used with artificial intelligence or fancy algorithms that require cyber police and the Department of Homeland Security invoking the Patriot Act for it. Maybe it should just be as simple as pen and paper. That's how you respond. See, that's one way. Another thing is the whole, we're a Christian nation. Ah, Christian Judeo values were what the founders had, but in no way did they say it's Christian. That's the reason people ran away from other countries. It's because they were being beheaded at the, at the drop of a hat of what the Pope said. Pope said it's wrong off with his head. This is the problem. We are using talking points we kind of fancy or like. This is how teams happen. New York Yankees versus the, versus the Boston Red Sox. Here you go. Americans versus Americans. This is civil war. This is part of what they called the civil war project. And you know what kind of people wrote it? People like this that speak like this. They had it all planned out because they knew the far left and the far right would be fighting while they're sitting there sipping their tea and laughing at all of you. And believe it or not, there are people that you follow, retruth and like and think are important factors in your, in your movement of actually going back to how the nation should be run. <laughs> Part of that team that's laughing. So I think it's important that we take that shift because, you know, my conversation when talking, well, no, 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 you wouldn't be good at Secretary of State because you're, 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 you're doing Republican talking points. And the only reason you're running independent is because the Republican Party would, and that is the proof that I'm not a Republican because I don't agree with the GOP, right? Because the GOP doesn't represent a Democratic Republic. The GOP is the same as the Democrat Party. They're one and the same. Again, history. There were the Federalists that were kind of independent, right? They were all independent, the Federalists. And then there was the Republican Democrats. Suddenly, the, Dem the, the Federalists disappeared and it became Republicans, Democrats. Holy crap. You mean that one party became two? Oh, wait, you think it's two. That's basically how it is. And so let's listen to these, uh, you know, House Republicans and what they had to say on this raid, right? Because, you know, a lot of us like to say, 
Oh, defund the FBI. This is wrong. Hey, you think I'm saying it's not wrong? I'm saying, yeah, it was wrong. But I'm okay with it because it created the precedent so that we can use it where we need it, where we need to actually get things done. We don't just like the FBI rating people when it's against people we like, right? We should be supporting them at all factors. Now, that doesn't mean that every single person in there is okay because they're highly politicized. We saw that with their texts. But on the other hand, we could also take it with a grain of salt and say, well, they're also people too, but we all know that our personal opinions do affect our work. So having said that, let's see what these gentlemen had to say today. Well, yesterday. Uh, good morning. I'm Mike Turner. I'm today. a ranking member of the intelligence committee. I have with me the Republican members of the intelligence committee. Uh, I want to begin by stating that all of our members, um, of this committee are uh, in full support of the men and women who uh, every day work to keep our nation safe uh, at the FBI and the Department of Justice, and we condemn any actions of violence against any law enforcement personnel. Having said that, uh, we have serious questions concerning the actions taken uh, by Director Ray and ordered by General Gar- excuse me, Attorney General Garland <clears throat> to raid Marlargo and the personal residence of Donald Trump. Um, the, um, all, both of them, uh, are subject to oversight by Congress and it is our job to ensure that they not, are not abusing their discretion or politicizing of the powers that we have given them. Uh, earlier this week, we requested, uh, that they disclose to our committee, the national security basis upon which that they have ordered this raid. Uh, Because many other options were available to them, we're very concerned of the method that was used in raiding Marlargo and the nine hours uh, that uh, transpired while they were in the former president's home. Now, we are glad that um, Attorney General Garland has begun the process of releasing some of the information uh, to the American public and the American public deserve answers. And certainly our responsibility as Congress is to make certain that we provide appropriate Oversight. They will be releasing apparently the warrant uh, and the inventory, uh, but it will st- still leave many unanswered <clears throat> questions. Uh, that's why uh, our request remains uh, that uh, the director of the FBI and the attorney general disclose to this committee uh, the imminent national security threat upon which they based their decision to order a raid upon the president's home. Again, underscoring that there were many other options available to them. Uh, We believe that after the release today that these questions will still remain unanswered. Uh, We are requesting that the chairman of the committee support our request for the disclosure of this information to our committee. Uh, And we are requesting that it be backed up if they do not comply with our request by a subpoena from our committee. Our committee is intended to work with classified information. There's nothing that would be the subject matter of this that cannot be disclosed to our committee. And we also are the committee that deals with the issue of national security threats. And we want to know what was this imminent national security threat upon which this was based. Next, we are also very concerned about uh, the disturbing reports uh, that there was an informant, perhaps someone even undercover uh, at Mar-Largo or around um, former President Donald Trump. And today we are also sending a letter to the two uh, director Ray demanding that he disclose to us the process by which 
uh, that informant was utilized or that informant was placed, what is the relationship between uh, the FBI and the person that has reportedly uh, been, been utilized in this process. Uh, now we have a number of members who are going to speak. Each of us come with a background in national security uh, and issues of classified information. Um, <clears throat> this is an issue that requires oversight, and we're going to continue to demand this information. At this point, I would like to turn it over to Brian Fitzpatrick. Thanks, Mike. Uh, Brian Fitzpatrick from Pennsylvania, <clears throat> former uh, former FBI agent. Um, <clears throat> I want to start by saying, um, no matter what angle you're you're looking at this from, this is a tough time in our country. Uh, we have too much distrust in too many of our institutions that are at the fabric of our democracy and our country simply cannot survive a perpetuation of that distrust. We got to fix it across the board. It's incumbent upon all of us to do that. Um, just a, a couple of things I wanted to, to address as far as like how at least I think most of us are processing um, what our role is right now uh, going forward. Number one is um, <clears throat> looking at the legal justification. Uh, so at some point, Possibly today, possibly in, in the days to follow, you're going to see the release uh, of both the warrant, which is a top page. You're going to see beneath that potentially a rider of items to be uh, seized and areas to be searched. And then the property receipt that the um, uh, evidence response team, the uh, investigating agents would have filled out uh, and returned, left a copy uh, at the residence and returned uh, to the court. Um if it's redacted, which I suspect it will be, uh, don't expect it to, to glean too much other than the statute they're investigating, potentially 1924 uh, and or others. Uh, the real story will be with the release of the affidavit itself, uh, which is not currently planned to be released. It is filed under seal. The prosecution does have to repeatedly go back to the court and ask that it remain under seal. There is a baseline presumption that that document be released to the public in the interest of transparency. That's what's going to tell us really what most of us want to know. Uh, second um, is the tactics that were used. There is a continuum of options available to uh, any agency uh, that's enforcing the law um, from uh, non-invasive methods like the passive service of a subpoena with a production date and or appearance date all the way up to the most extreme, which would be uh, the execution of a search warrant. There's a lot of steps you can take in between, for example, forthwith subpoena, where you would show up, serve a subpoena, but demand instant production then and there. Um, the Bureau um, and the Attorney General and the DOJ obviously made the decision that this extreme measure was necessary. We will await their rationale as to why that extreme measure was justified and not some lesser intrusive means. The next thing that I think we all need to look at is the parity. All right. Um, let's 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 take a second with this for for a minute. There is no less intrusive that they should have because he's a former president. This is unprecedented. And if we're all claiming equal justice and equal application, we should let them do what they want. As long as they did it by the book, they should be fine. Right. So then why are we getting our panties in a twist? Hmm. Think about it. So what are they really saying? They're talking about the 302 that I said in the beginning. And this is why I said there's a rat because someone sat there and gave first person account. I want you to be paying attention to the double speak that they're doing. We are claiming that no one is above the law, but we are requesting that they change their procedures. And when uh, Attorney General Garland said he personally approved it, it's possibly because the FBI was like, yo, this is the former president. This has never been done before. And he goes, no, 
If you guys got an affidavit, go ahead and do it. Now, was this maliciously done? Maybe. Was it planned? Maybe. I mean, what are the odds that AG Letitia would have him in New York while that is going on? I'm just saying it's not like he's in Mar-a-Lago in the summer. Like, why would you be in Florida in the hot summer? But anyway, again, again, we all know that President Trump is above board. We all know how he operates. So why are we afraid of them, uh, you know, doing this? Not at all. See, the talking point needs to be toned down. What needs to be said is, hey, the AG is part of the cabinet. There's no freaking way the Biden's administration didn't know. They did know. But they were so eloquent in the way they did it, they were able to get away with that, which could be because, you know, they're upset. This Hunter Biden thing and, you know, they can't keep the sham of Biden going and Kamala's like in some basement nobody knows. You know, all she comes out is reinforcing, hi. My name is Kamala Harris. I'm the vice president, the one in the blue suit. And it's like, who says that? The program does to reinforce who they are when it's being directed with an algorithm. But I'm just, this is a digression. I'm trying to point out the irony in the speech. They shouldn't have come out and said anything. They should have come out and said, you know, it is unprecedented that a president was raided. It's unprecedented that a 302 is classified and they're constantly keeping it shut. Why? Because they don't want the president to know who came forward and said what. Because why? Because that's going to link it back to the Biden administration and bring it back to a deal that they made with them to keep them out of jail. Now, who was being threatened with going to jail? People are saying, it's Dan Scavino, dude. No, Dan Scavino sees President Trump as his dad, literally raised him almost in anything. So stop. It's Navarro. Why? They had him in irons to threaten him. Think back to someone that didn't go to jail, that had a deal, right? That maybe got pardons, commutations, something. Think back to someone that could be at risk going to jail that may have been on that list of visiting President Trump, maybe someone that had their clearance revoked for some weird reason. You know, these are a lot of things and a lot of candidates that could be the people that gave that first person testimony. Or, you know, you could be in the box of saying, oh, well, this was already pre-planned. So we already know. We set them out. We set up the snare. Could be that too. Could be that A.G. Garland is, you know, attacking because he didn't get to be SCOTUS. Could be that A.G. Garland is actually whatever. But I tell you, wait. Ray is now in charge of the FBI. And so he had to say, all right, well, you did your 302. And according to the law, this is by the book. And that witness did it. And we're going to protect that witness as much as we can, even though they're not allowed to. Because if someone has testified against you, the covenant of our law is that you have the right to face your accuser. Can't face, you can't, you can't face your accuser without knowing who they are. And they don't want the backlash. So you got to think who it is. And you got to take your time and think about it for a second. So let's put the matters correctly. We should not be throwing the uh, FBI out, (laughs) all of it. There's actually good people there that are embarrassed of how their leadership is working. 
We need to stop these talking points and this rah-rah, and we need to be more focused because this is how you win. Now, I love talking points. I love exposing them because I know exactly how dirty they are. But you're dirty too if you're doing shit like this, right? You don't sit there and say that it was overdone. You know what you sit there? You're like, all right, I got nothing to hide. Bring it out. Just like President Trump said, I want it all out in the open. Of course he does because he knows he's clean. He needs to find out who, what, when, where. But they're saying, oh, it was unprecedented. No, no, no. Hey, if they did it by the book, because that was the conversation they had, that's why they got away with everything so far. Even though it was shady, remember, there are goalposts. And as long as you play within the goalposts, you're safe. Right? It's when you go out of the goalposts that is a problem. And right here, I can tell you, this was a little bit outside the goalposts in regards to who came and what said. Almost like, you know, that person from the White House that didn't get the 50000 to cover her ass, which would have been obstruction of justice and how people are upset that President Trump isn't paying them. People that lost a lot of money. I mean, so-and-so went through so much and he has no money and he's not paying it. So then he's, oh, I don't have any money. Okay, let me tweet out your, your, your link, whatever, but I'm not giving you money. And I'm with him on that. Give them zero money. Keep it to you. And... Trust Christina. I trust Christina Bob. Uh, she is a Marine, a real Marine, not a cop out, not a starstruck one. She doesn't get starstruck and she stays firm. And if there's anyone around her, aside from Dan, who I trust, aside from the fact that he gets into these little pockets of cattiness because he likes his meme, he's like social media man, right? Christina has a really good head on her shoulder. And so um, I'm really glad that she was there, which is really weird because she doesn't live there. So kind of excited that she was there, if that tells you anything. So these GOP members are doing exactly what we don't want them to do. And that's, you know, push these things. There are people that are talking about Trump's search warrant for nuclear weapons documents. You mean the ones that Obama had? You mean Uranium One? You mean, you mean, you mean, remember how I've been talking about the START agreement? I'm going to tell you how it ends. And I'm kind of glad that important people that I care about can see it. When people talk about what happened to me in North Dakota, they don't seem to understand that what I was exposing was their backup plan. Here's how the game is supposed to end, according to them. They will separate us so far that it'll be too hard for them to fix. So the Chinese have bought up a lot of land and they've been buying it. Doug Burgum, who is the governor of North Dakota, was actually funded by a uh, investment bank in Chicago, uh, Night Something Something. I have the documentation somewhere. I found them through the Enron stuff because I'm still tracing that money because there's a lot of governors that made a lot of money in Ohio and, you know, they're lieutenant governors. And at that time, who stood, I think, was Secretary of State. Anyway, it, it's so complicated. But as I was following it, I found this firm that has the word night in it, if I remember correctly. I'm not going to stop and recall because I'll lose my train of thought here. But that funded them, that funded Doug Burgum's developments in Fargo because Doug Burgum almost owns half of the actual city, like owns it, like it's his property. Like the city is like the city of Fargo and half of it is literally owned by the governor of North Dakota. That was actually funded by Chinese dollars. 
And this is why I always said North Dakota is red. It's China red because I knew what I was talking about. All these documents that I've been sending for years telling them how they're using a state-funded bank, state-run bank, the Bank of North Dakota, to launder foreign money. The only state-run bank laundering uh, front. So now it is known that China has bought up a ton of property. One thing about North Dakota that's special, and those of you that have served in the Air Force know, is a very specific command. In fact, it was so specific that even that alien story about the missile silos in North Dakota is the only one that hasn't really been debunked, right? Where they activated nukes. So here's how it's going to go. Your own nation will nuke you and blame it on China. Doesn't sound really good, does it? Really doesn't sound good. I repeat, your own nation will nuke you and blame it on China. And they will bring it down to the fact that they had property and land purchased around all of these missile silos. So, you know, I know uh, UFOs. Please look into the story of what happened with UFOs in North Dakota, Minot, North Dakota, back in the 60s. Then you'll understand the gravity of the situation. Now, you don't have to listen to me. And by all means, don't trust me. Take what I tell you as it is. But here's what people are watching and listening to and formulating opinions based on this. Rather than being logical and level-headed. Warrington took a bunch of documents and things, but... Yes, this is unprecedented in America. Yes, it could be the beginning of a criminal prosecution of the former president. Yes, it could be the tip of the spear of a political witch hunt by the Biden administration against a political rival. Uh, Or it could be a mundane effort to retrieve archival documents that leads to absolutely nothing else. We just don't know. The FBI, and I give them a lot of credit because they're fighting forces that they're not supposed to be fighting. But what do we know about the search warrant that was carried out against former President Trump? We can't make many assumptions about the FBI raid until we see the actual warrant or until, you know, we see an indictment. But here's what we do know. The Justice Department is conducting at least two investigations that we know of into Trump. The DOJ is looking at his attempt to overturn the result of the 2020 presidential election and is also investigating the alleged mishandling of classified records. The National Archive is charged with collecting and sorting presidential material. The National Archives has publicly stated that it had to recover at least 15 boxes of White House records that Trump took to his uh, Mar-a-Lago resort. The records include some classified material. And we know that Trump has a history of destroying and withholding records. He was repeatedly warned about destroying documents, but according to CNN, Politico, and the Washington Post, he tore them up and threw them in the trash or on the floor. White House officials reassembled some of those records with tape. The National Archives confirmed that the Trump administration sent the archives some documents that had been taped back together as well as records that were still in shreds. I'll be doing a separate video on the Presidential Records Act and the implications of the Espionage Act, but multiple sources told CNN that in April and May, the FBI interviewed Trump's Mar-a-Lago aides, and in June of 2022, investigators visited Mar-a-Lago to discuss Trump's removal of potentially classified material that had been taken to the Florida property. One of those investigators, Jay Bratt, is the chief of the Counterintelligence and Export Control Section at the Justice Department. Uh, Trump reportedly greeted the investigators, but did not answer questions. The investigators
investigators asked to see where the documents were being stored. Trump's lawyers showed them a room in the basement where boxes of records were being stored. Some reports said that the documents were marked with top secret. Uh, on June 8th, the investigators sent a letter to Trump's lawyers telling them to secure the room where the secret documents were stored. Trump aides complied with the request and added a padlock to the door. Probably don't need to tell you just how insane it is that there could be top secret classified documents being stored in some basement in Mar-a-Lago, uh, or just how insane it is that the FBI raided uh, Mar-a-Lago potentially over these documents. But I do have to say that uh, they even broke into my safe is probably going to go down uh, as a quote for the ages. But the, the search began early Monday morning and apparently focused on the area of the club where Trump's offices and personal quarters are located. The investigators met with two of Trump's attorneys and Trump reportedly greeted the investigators but did not answer questions. Investigators removed more than a dozen boxes of items. Eric Trump told Fox News that he was told, quote, the purpose of the raid from what they said was because the National Archives wanted to, you know, corroborate whether or not Donald Trump had any documents in his possession. Trump's lawyer, Christina Todd, said the FBI seized documents and Trump cooperated with the FBI. Quote, President Trump and his legal team have been cooperative with the FBI and DOJ officials every step of the way. The FBI did conduct an unannounced raid and seized paper. Although Bob said that the raid was unannounced, CNN reported the FBI and Secret Service communicated about the raid before it happened to ensure that it went smoothly. Donald Trump was in New York on the day of the raid and the Biden administration uh, was reportedly not aware of the raid, according to CNN. Now, we can assume this raid did not happen at the behest of a rogue FBI agent uh, or a local judge acting without buy-in or notification of high-level DOJ officials. Obviously, serving a warrant on a former president is an incredibly serious thing, and it's a decision that can't be taken lightly. The FBI and DOJ must follow constitutional and statutory requirements for obtaining a warrant, which we'll talk about in a moment. But in addition, the DOJ has guidelines for investigations of political targets. In 2020, former Attorney General William Barr issued a controversial memorandum stating that anyone in the Justice Department who was investigating a political candidate must run it by the Attorney General for approval. And current Attorney General Merrick Garland renewed that memo on May 25th, 2022. Garland's memo is titled Election Year Sensitivities. The memo reminded DOJ employees of the department's longstanding policy for avoiding steps that could be perceived as partisan and designed to influence uh, an election result. Quote, this is particularly important in an election year. Now that the 2022 election season is upon us, and as in prior election cycles, I am using this memorandum to remind you of the department's existing policies with respect to political activities. Now, Barr's original memo says investigations, including preliminary ones, into presidential or vice presidential candidates, their campaigns, or staff cannot be opened without the written approval of the attorney general. It also states that an investigation into a congressional candidate or campaign cannot be opened without first notifying the assistant attorney general and the respective U.S. attorney in the district involved. And if an investigation is initiated in line with these guidelines, then the investigating agency has to provide regular updates to the deputy attorney general. Now, Trump has indicated that he will be a candidate for president in 2022. So the TLDR version here is the FBI would not have applied for a search warrant without Garland's consent, and presumably they also would have gotten approval from the Trump-appointed FBI director, Christopher Wray. But what is the requirement for a federal search warrant. Well, a search warrant authorizes... Well, let's stop right there for a second. People keep saying that Ray was appointed by Trump. Actually, Ray was part of the FBI. He was next in line. So he wasn't a, an, an, an appointee. So when people say that, it's like, mm. he was allowed to take position because he was next in command. So he said, hey, you're in charge now. But it's really weird how they're like, he was appointed. He was there way before. 
uses law enforcement to search a location for any of the following evidence of a crime, contraband, uh, fruits of crime or other items illegally possessed, uh, property designed for use, intended for use or, or used in committing a crime or a person to be arrested or a person who was unlawfully restrained. Now, usually those first three are lumped together. Imagine a simple burglary where jewelry was stolen. You'd want to look at the burglar's house for the stolen jewelry, uh, cash or drugs that might have been traded for the stolen jewelry or burglary tools. And so law enforcement has to identify two different things. One, the person or property to be searched and two, the items to be seized. Now, more to the point, law enforcement has to establish probable cause to believe that the items to be seized exist and will be located uh, in the person or property to be identified. And probable cause is hard to define. It's imprecise, fluid, and, and very dependent on context. The U.S. Supreme Court says that finding whether probable cause exists is, quote, a practical common sense decision, whether given all the circumstances, there is a fair probability that contraband or evidence of a crime will be found in a particular place. And what does fair probability actually mean? Well, it doesn't have a specific number attached to it, unlike the standard of preponderance of the evidence, which is just a hair over 50% or more. That said, several studies over the decades that involve surveys of judges generally agree that probable cause is somewhere in the high 40s, but beneath 50%. And it might be worth noting that some jurisdictions like Oregon have collapsed the probable cause standard and the preponderance standard so that probable cause means anything over 50% likelihood. Uh, but that is not the federal or constitutional standard. The constitutional standard is only a fair probability. Now you might ask, how specific does a federal search warrant have to be? Well, generally speaking, not that specific. Uh, we can look to the search warrant that was used against Paul Manafort. It includes something very specific, quote, a Bijan Black Titan Royal Way watch. But it also includes general categories of items like any and all financial records for Paul Manafort Jr. Now we'll get into what that means in practice later. later, but let's talk about the practice for. So that was just kind of like a simple heads up. But the question you need to ask yourself is, so this Russia narrative, <laughs> whoever gave him that idea, genius, genius. So I want you to think of this. So this Russia narrative that they purported was that Russia, 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 he's a Russian agent. He colluded with Russia. He, 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 he. And they had this Russia hoax, which disallowed them to give the non-peaceful tr transfer of power. This is what the people know. Like, you know, I'm strongly against anyone saying, I know there's a plan. Trust it. We're not going to do that. That makes people lazy. Just pay attention to what I'm going to tell you, though. That opened up a can of worms with the Pfizer, which I've been talking about extensively. Carlin, he got fired for it. Told you that. Judge Collier, suddenly that's in the news. Shit that I talked about years ago is in the news now. Go figure. Almost like I knew. So all of that happened. And then the Mueller investigation, well, that opened up the floodgates to talk about Ukraine, which Manafort was linked to, which started the conversation. And Manafort's a good guy. Cohen, on the other hand, sh what a loser. Let's keep going. But every loser has their part. Pfizer's illegally done. That process has to be reined in. We got to fix it, right? We really got to fix it. But then you have to think, how is it that you can actually introduce evidence legally? This is done through a lawsuit or, I don't know, an FBI raid, right? And so the fact that this president has been impeached, I don't know, a couple times, right, pretty much gives you the opportunity to introduce evidence legally with a raid. 
You know, this is how you can introduce high crimes and systemic corruption. This is how you get it out to the public. Boomerangs are awesome. The fix was in, but the fix was a boomerang. So you have to think, you know, why was it, you know, and I've mentioned it many, many times before, the key problem, and I think I had Millie Weaver do a a video on it, on the Obama holdovers. No one asks why all these holdovers were still there. I think she did that video some point in 2019. So many of them. Well, like, why not? Let them keep doing what they're doing. Let them make them Zoom calls. Let them make them infinity groups. Let them, let them, let them, because you have to let evil fester to point it out. It's almost how I just let people be around me. I I mean, okay, there's two things. I let people talk down to me a lot, which is not right, but I guess it's also, um, I'm used to it because, you know, I, I lied for a living. So in a sense, I'm, I'm more, um, okay with people talking down to me because I'm like, you know, I, I wasn't a very good person. So you can talk down to me. I know that sounds so sad. Battered, battered wife syndrome, isn't it? But anyway, on the other, on the other hand, it also allows me to see what kind of people they are. Okay. Because I know who I am. No one's going to tell me who I am. This is how you catch every single one of them. This is how you deduce them. You know, a lot of people that have come and gone around me have met a few important people and they use that. Do <laughs> you think that the people that I introduce you to don't know that you use me so that way you can use that? I just saying. So, do you really believe that you know, President Trump, no matter how, ah, oh, he's such a baby, he's this, right? And this, this I'm going to say, is the reason that the meme factories are there, which has actually backfired because uh, they allowed it to perpetuate, right? Do you think he didn't know that all these Obama cronies would, um, I don't know, do what they do? You think he was stupid and he trusted them? The only way that you can wake people up is to make them question the very reality they live in and what they have read and what they have seen. And they have to see it with their own eyes. People have been asleep way too long. And, you know, obviously I'm the one that's been disowned by the right, but I've stayed consistent throughout all. I love my memes. I love my catchphrases and I definitely love the funny videos, but that's not the way you win. See, those memes, those videos are to keep people entertained and, 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 but the way you win as a people is to take control of your local county and your community. And once one of you starts, then another, then your friends, then 10, then a hundred, then a thousand, and that's done. And suddenly you wake up that way. But the other way to wake up people that are in a coma completely is by giving the left exactly what they need. Sometimes allowing people to attack you openly, you know, how I kick the hornet's nest, helps you. You got to have that logic coming in, you know. You have to let people do this. You have to let people attack you sometimes. You know, I get this a lot from people. Why do you let people talk like that about you? Like, remember when I kicked the hornet's nest and that Carly bone person? Did I promote her videos? You know, Cackling Carly, right? I do. Why did she attack me? Oh, she also blocked me. Like, 
Oh, too bad I can't see you're reposting of videos thinking like it's important. But what does that tell you? It tells you exactly where the enemies lie. And um, I'm not saying that she's the enemy, but it's the base behind it. This is how you can see radicalization. Radicalization is a big deal. And I wanted to talk about it today, but I don't have time. So I thought for those of you that want to sign off with just politics, I'm going to play a nice little song clip right now. I really like it. It's a nice uh, mashup. And then after that, we should see, we should delve into Jewish folklore. Nice little 10 minute clip to end today's show. So on that note, guys, I'll see you for those of you that will stay for this uh, Jewish folklore clip after the song. Mm. And one more thing, stay grounded. Don't look like idiots. We can act like idiots, but don't look like it. We've already won. You just don't know it yet. Uriel, the fire of God, the spirit of luck and of chance, the angel of the south and of the south wind, the angel of destiny, the bringer of salvation, the ruler of the element of earth. He is the angel whom the Muslims call Israfail, the angel of poetry, of music, and of the muses. He is one of the 70 amulet angels invoked during childbirth. The golden legend calls him the ruler of the planet, Mars. He is one of the chiefs of the order of virtues, and of the cherubim, the governor of the zodiac sign, Libra, or the scales, the ruling prince of the month of September, and of the day of Saturday. The gender of Uriel is greatly disputed. He is often either depicted as a female, or as an effeminate, a male with the qualities and attributes of a female. The fact that the name is genderless and can be used by both genders further amplifies the debate. Thus, we shall be using both he and she side by side. Beretz Magus says that it was Uriel who gave the Kabbalah to mankind, that alchemy is of divine origin, and it was Uriel who brought it down to earth. In the third book of Paradise Lost, Uriel is said to be the sharpest and far-sighted of all the angels of heaven. She is one of the angels of destruction, vengeance, and judgment, and is charged with keeping the realm of Tartarus and Hades in order, working hand-in-hand hand with Raphael, another keeper of the netherworld. A number of apocryphal texts made us know that there are both holy and fallen angels of death and destruction both holy and fallen angels of the netherworld and of hell, those in service of the Lord, and those in service of Lucifer, or Satan. In chapter 20 of the first book of Enoch, and in the Apocalypse of Paul, Uriel is one of those holy angels presiding over hell. He is the prince of Tartarus, and chief of the Tartaruchi, the keepers of Tartarus. They say there are only a few thousand to tens of thousand angels of death and destruction in the service of God, assisting and performing under the command of a few select chiefs. Uriel is one of those chiefs in the service of the Lord, alongside fellow chiefs Metatron, Gabriel, and Raphael. 
On the other hand, in hell alone, and in the service of Lucifer or Satan, there are over hundreds of thousands to millions of angels of death and destruction, working under the command and reign of 72 infernal kings, according to the lesser key of Solomon. When the holy angels of destruction execute punishment on the sinful souls of the world, they are given the sword of God as an instrument of punishment, so says the third book of Enoch. As souls cross over after death, they are judged by Metatron and Gabriel on the bridge of the afterlife, which leads to hell on one side and to paradise on the other side. Metatron passes the souls found unclean to Gabriel, who has them cast into the netherworld, to where Raphael reigns as prince. There, in the netherworld, Raphael consults the will of the Lord upon these guilty souls. If found eligible for a second chance, they are allowed to be reborn and given a chance to attain salvation. If deemed lost and beyond salvation, they are sent to Tartarus, to where Uriel reigns as ruler, where they would suffer for the rest of their days, damned to eternal destruction. There, in Tartarus, Uriel makes one final appeal to the Lord for mercy on behalf of these damned souls, and if not granted, she hands the souls over to the angel demons of the fires of hell, who would then ravage and destroy them for eternity. To give a glimpse of what these damned souls are doomed to suffer for eternity, the legends of the Jews tell us that when Moses visited hell and the netherworld, which are situated in the third heaven, he beheld a region where these damned souls were bound, standing up in deep mud, which was up to their navel, and flogged with fiery chains by the angel demons of destruction, and their teeth broken with fiery stones from morning till evening. This is similar to the tortures described in Dante's Inferno. The claim of Uriel being in charge of Tartarus is equally agreed by the second book of the Sibylline Oracles, which says that on the Day of Judgment, Uriel shall break open the monstrous unyielding brazen gates of Hades, and shall bring forth to judgment the souls of the damned and of the ghosts of the ancient titans and of the giants and all those whom the flood overtook. She shall bring them to the judgment seat and set them before the throne of the Lord. Uriel is sometimes said to be the angel of lightning, and in the testament of Solomon, the angel of lightning, alongside the angel, Ajax, are the only powers able to defeat the headless demon, Envy. She is also the parent of the angel demon, Orneas, according to the testament of Solomon. The more you know. And see, lore, the days of yore. They say a few things, but the one thing that people don't do is read anymore. They read one and not the other. You should read everything and use discernment because you'll be surprised how much you are able to discern and learn. There was a story, and I'm trying to see if anyone created a video in the Septuagint that refers to individuals like these named persons. And it is anyone that crosses them as they are executing are destroyed in the process. And this is because judgment is divine always. And when people say it's biblical, it is. Remember, 
they're willing to nuke you and blame it on someone else to take you down. And this, when I say you, it is the idea that you can self-govern each other without leadership. Allow that to percolate. Allow it to percolate. Think of that. Read. Learn. It's so important because people do not read anymore. It is actually quite sad because reading allows you to think. Have a great weekend. Thank you.